everyone. I'm Brandon Marcello, joined alongside Michael Nislick. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast presented by WeHaveDonuts.com, D-O-U-G-H, Nuts.com. Beautiful gourmet donuts available in Birmingham, coffee shops around there. Make sure and visit WeHaveDonuts.com for much more information on how you get your hands on these beautiful donuts that are now also available at Prevail Union Coffee Shops in Montgomery and Auburn. And also keep an outlook for their pop-up locations in the Birmingham area. More information can be found at wehavedonuts.com, a proud sponsor of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Uh, Michael, uh, we sit here uh, with a big week ahead. Auburn basketball lost its second straight game, looked out of sorts, uh, couldn't play great defense against a hot-shooting Arkansas team. Lost 91-82. to They were down 19 at one point. You never felt like Auburn was in that game, however, uh, on the road. So the Tigers, who entered this stretch with three games remaining, needing to just win one game, will now come down to the very final regular season game of the year where they either need to win and beat South Carolina or watch Tennessee lose to Georgia later that day. Um, a combination of both of those things, of Auburn winning and Tennessee losing, would give Auburn the outright title. Uh, either one of those situations, Tennessee loss or Auburn win, will give Auburn a share of the title. Um, Mike, how did we get here? Why is Auburn struggling right now? Well, um, Anthony McLemore's ankle cracking did not help uh, one bit. And they're tiring out. And uh, Bryce Browns can't seem to get right, whether it's physical or mental at this point. I'm not sure. Uh, just, you know, with shooters, that can be a funny, funny bunch. And, um, you know, his ankle's probably bothering him. I don't doubt that. But at the same time, you know, it can kind of just affect him uh, mentally, too, that he's just thinking about it too much. And, I mean, he was, what, 0 for 6, I think, last night uh, from three-point range? Yes. Uh, and his shooting percentage was already like around 23% in the last like five games, four games since his injuries. And, uh, it's going to get it got even lower after that. Um, just not what you expect from him. And they can't win right now, um, without him contribute. I mean, without him at least being, uh, average, uh, you know, they just can't do it with just him, uh, not putting up anything because, you know, you got Harper. Uh, who didn't shoot well, but had, you know, pretty good numbers, you know, 20, uh, 20 points. It was, uh, perfect from the free throw line and 11 attempts, um, and five assists. And then Mustafa Heron had a big night. Again, not great shooting, but they can't do it by themselves. The team's just not, just doesn't have enough offensive firepower, especially, you know, against an Arkansas team that's one, you know, right below them offensively in the league and in terms of average of scoring, but they're the best shooting team and just don't have enough to keep up. Um, and I just think they're tiring out. They look like a tired team right now. Yeah, they look very tired. And uh, Bryce Brown, as you mentioned, 0 of 6, uh, beyond the arc, he and Jared Harper are really what key this team offensively. They are a combined 1 for 13 beyond the arc against Arkansas. They're just not going to win games playing that way. Uh, Mustafa Heron's had some big games here of late, but I continue to say if Mustafa Heron is your leading scorer by a wide margin – uh, by eight points or more like the, it was against Arkansas, you're not going to win a game because Mustafa Heron, to get those points, he takes a lot of shots. He took 21 shots uh, Saturday night, or excuse me, when, uh, Tuesday night. Um, hit 9 of 11 free throws. 
um, was only 8 of 21 shooting the basketball, 3 of 7 on three-pointers to lead Auburn. In fact, he was the only Auburn player to hit more than one three-pointer in the entire game. But the key to Auburn's struggles here, we talk about Anthony McLemore, yes, that hel- hel- that hurt them as they were trying to, to guard Daniel Gafford, Arkansas's big man. But what's really hurting Auburn is they're bread and butter. They hit three-pointers, and when Jared Harper and Bryce Brown are both off shooting the basketball, that's an issue. And I credit that to them being tired, and I think you, all you have to do really is look at the stat line to see that. They're missing all those three-pointers, but – they were both a combined 15 of 15 at the free throw line. Okay? You got to have legs to shoot three-pointers. You don't need legs to shoot free throws. That's being tired, in my opinion. Well, yeah, and but I think Anthony McLemore, contrib- his absence contributes to that because all these guys are playing more minutes now. I mean, you've seen Jared Harper average about 36 minutes, 37 minutes a game the last four games, and that's just not where you want Bruce wants him to be. You know, you want him to be six minutes less. You're not getting stuff off your bench. You got foul trouble. And just so all the your main guys, your main three, four guys, you know, Chumo Kiki played 30 minutes again uh, last night for the, the second time in three games. And I just don't think uh, they're going to be able to sustain that, especially now. You know, they're going to get some rest before the tournament, but three games in three days, if you were in the SEC tournament, that's just not – that's going to be tough. And, uh, you know, Horace Spencer just can't stay on the floor – they had three guys. Their whole front court was in foul trouble essentially yesterday. So they're playing Mustafa Heron at the power forward, which is not what they want. And so lineups, matchups uh, are just not going to be in their favor here. Uh, and so defensively, uh, they're going to have some liabilities. They gave up a season high ninety-one points last night, and uh, you know usually they're they're okay with saying, "Well, we'll just outscore people," uh, but they're too tired to do that right now. So it just kind of everything kind of contributes and compounds. You know, you have one problem, and then it seems you have three with this team right now just because of their lack of depth. Um, they just can't get – they just they, they don't have the bodies right now. 31 of Auburn's points came at the free throw line uh, Tuesday night too. Yeah. Um, so uh, you, if you don't hit your free throws well, it's a blowout. Uh, Arkansas couldn't be stopped shooting the ball. Part of that's Arkansas. The other part is Auburn's just not playing good defense of late. And, again, I, I take that back to Auburn's tired. Bryce Brown yeah. does not look like the on-the-ball defender we saw three weeks ago or two weeks ago. Right. Uh, does not look like the same guy on defense. This team is really struggling uh, because they're tired. They're playing with a short bench. They're playing with an eight-man rotation. And last night they had to play with a seven-man rotation once again. Horace Spencer fouled out after only playing 12 minutes on the floor. They are certainly relying more on Chuma Okiki than Horace Spencer. He played 31 minutes, but only had five points, including a three-pointer, by the way. Um, hit one three-pointer, and that was it. This is his only field goal, and then he hit two free throws. Uh, yeah. Grabbed 10 rebounds, which is very good, considering uh, the position he's playing in right now. But he also had four fouls. Uh, Deshaun Murray, also four fouls. Uh, Malik Dunbar, three fouls. He gets frustrating fouls. Fouls. Well, he had four. He had four turnovers in fifteen minutes. And right. He was kind of a mess. You know, he played. He plays with that emotion and just makes so many mistakes, and it's hard. Uh, you know, he only played fifteen minutes, and they they probably could use twenty twenty two effective minutes from him, but they just haven't been able to get it. So Dunbar's not filling his role right now. Uh, Deshaun Murray certainly is not uh, at this point. You would think he'd be playing better. Uh, considering uh, 
Brees Pearl keeps talking to, about him being little Charles Barkley. Got to mm-hmm. get stay out of foul trouble, man. 21 minutes, four fouls, four rebounds. He had three points uh, on one of two free throws and one shot from the field. Incredibly, as I said, Auburn only loses by nine points. They actually got within six at one point there uh, in the second half after being down 19. But they just don't – they can't hit the shots. And I know Mustafa Heron had 28 points, but he took a lot of shots, and he's not the type of player – it's just like his – his point totals are usually like he scores five points in a span of two minutes, then he's quiet for six minutes. He's very kind of I compare him to almost like a Carmelo Anthony type, where uh, he's going to get you some points, but I don't know what else, how much he gets you. Right. Meanwhile, Harper and Brown spark teams to runs because they work in tangent. Yeah. Um, they kind of work together. When one gets hot, the other one picks up where they left off. Mustafa Heron doesn't really work that way he's kind of a one-man show yeah and you know it's but they're still in position they got the to, to win the the league here with the one that is that they control their own destiny obviously they have you know they could settle for a tie because tennessee can win and, and tie it but um uh they still they still have that magic number of ones the season's not over uh by any means uh you know this two losses doesn't kind of put them out or, or change their goals but I don't know. Do they have enough? You know, they're going to be at home, and it'll be probably an emotional crowd. Um, but do they have enough to unseat a South Carolina team who played them really well, uh, what, just a week and a half ago? Yeah, and a South Carolina team that was up, what, 26 points on Auburn at one point? Yeah, yeah. And uh, built that lead when most of the time Anthony McLemore was playing. Yeah. Um, and then he got hurt, and actually Auburn – uh, pulled within, uh, what, five at one point in that game, late in the game, mm-hmm. um, and then couldn't hit a shot in the final, like, nearly three minutes. So, um, again, that goes back to Bryce Brown, Jared Harper, just not being able to hit shots um, down the stretch and sparking runs. Uh, I, I think Auburn's going to be favored against South Carolina. It's at home. If you look at all the computers or whatever, whatever you want to think of that, ESPN BPI pretty much gives them like a 90% chance. Ken Palm about 87% chance. I think the spread according to ESPN would be like a 15 point Auburn win, but this is not the same Auburn team that we saw three weeks ago. We all know that. Um, I found it not funny, but watching the Arkansas beat writers talking last night about how great of a win that was for them. Yeah, it was a good win, but this is not the same Auburn team. If the Auburn team, of three weeks ago shows up, I think they beat Arkansas probably. Um, or at least have a much better shot. Because Bryce Brown would have hit at least one three-pointer or two three-pointers. Jared Harper would have hit, you know, maybe one more three-pointer. Um, and, of course, Anthony McLemore being on the fl- been on the floor helping them out in the front court. And this is an Auburn team that was beating Arkansas by 21 points at one point uh, earlier this season at home. So, uh, things have just changed for this team of late. And I mentioned this on the podcast last week. You would hate to see it for the players and the fans to see this team be leading the SEC from the start, take a three-game lead at one point, and then melt down the stretch and not win the SEC title when all they've had to do is win one game of their last three. Uh, that would be kind of devastating going into the postseason. 
Well, yeah, I don't know how they recover from that. I mean, it would, I think it would take a run in the, the SEC tournament to kind of rebound a little bit and get your confidence back up. Because if you lose out here, then watch Tennessee win, killing your chances of the SEC title, which you've led basically the entire, you know, you haven't spent a day out of first place basically since, you know, 1-0, and basically, <laughs> you know, 0-0. Zero zero. So it's like, how do you recover from that? You need some wins. And, uh, you know, the SEC tournament would be kind of gravy, I think, if you win the regular season championship, I don't think it would make that much difference. Uh, you want to play well, obviously, but emotionally, I don't think it would mean nearly as much after you come off the regular season title. But if they lose that, that's going to be a long, what is it, six days till Friday until they play again, don't yeah. you think? I think so. Um, and here's the thing. This is the way I approach the season right now for Auburn. Considering how shorthanded they've been all season, with Angel Purifoy and Austin Wiley out, and now with Anthony McLemore out for the season, and Bryce Brown dealing with whatever issues he's dealing with with his shoulder, his foot, and also just being in a shooting slump. Winning the SEC, sharing the title, that should be the number one goal. Anything beyond that success-wise is just icing on the cake. Yeah. Um, I think that the SEC title will define this season more than anything they do in the NCAA tournament, to be quite honest, unless they get to the final four or something like that. But because of the way the team is structured right now, that is very improbable at this point. Uh, it's very improbable Auburn makes it beyond that second weekend uh, at this point. Um, I think they could win a couple of games in the NCAA tournament just because they will be a high seed possibly uh, if they win one or two more games. As it stands now, most people have them as a three seed. Auburn was a two seed last week, and then before that, they were a one seed for about 12 hours before losing um, at South Carolina. So don't fall at four or below, because I think if Auburn falls as a four seed at this point, they will not be in Nashville, um, which would hurt attendance for Auburn and kind of getting a home court advantage. Uh, for them because I don't see a lot of Auburn fans traveling out west if they have to go out there. So it's important. Number one, win the SEC title. That should be the number one goal. Do that. Celebrate this season. It should be a season to be proud of anyway, even if they do lose it because of what everything they've been through. But, man, it would be a shame to have them needing to only win one game or Tennessee lose one game in the final three games of the regular season and not be able to come up with at least a share of the SEC title. Um, and uh, I think it would be a little bit debilitating just to the psyche of the team and also to the fans because, I, I listen, I saw on Twitter last night in our message board, the body get at auburnundercover.com, fans were just saying, pack it in, it's over, the season's over, all this stuff. A lot of it, that's immediate emotion and everything, but um, people people keep comparing it to – the end of the football season when everything's going great, they beat these number one teams and then they just fall apart. I don't think it's similar because it's definitely uh, different circumstances for both teams, but uh, I think it'd be very disappointing if Auburn cannot beat a uh, uh, 500 and possibly below 500 South Carolina team because they play Wednesday night uh, at home because Auburn's only lost one game at home is against a very good Texas A&M team with uh, an obvious big size advantage inside. Carolina is a team that they should beat at home, even shorthanded. Well, and that, you know, it'd be interesting. I, I think the only way they fall to a four seed is if they lose Saturday and then they lose straight away yes, yeah, I agree in the that. SEC tournament. So, 
Uh, it'd be tough, but if they did that, like you said, that'd be that'd be the worst case scenario. Worst case scenarios, you don't win the SEC and you finish a four seed. Um, and it'd be interesting. I don't know, even if they win Saturday, and you know what they, I mean, they have to make a run. I think to be a two seed at this point, yeah, uh, at least win two games. Otherwise, I think they're probably going to stick at a three, just with the way they finished and kind of, uh, you know, taking injuries into account and things like that. So. Um, not you know it, d- disappointing just because you like you said you were a, a one seed for a split second and then everything kind of fell apart um and i could see the comparisons especially since you beat tennessee and that and you own the tiebreaker and then if they were to win the conference outright uh i think that's kind of where the comparison to the football team come in too um but just uh yeah like you said it would be as t- i mean not you know they weren't expected to be here but with the uh advantage they had for basically this last month to not pull out the conference you just kind of shake your head and you know the only like you like bruce pearl said for you know the first kind of couple weeks of the season when they were playing well the only thing we can't have happen is an injury and happened. you know and then it happened and you know that's bad luck uh and there's nothing you could do about it but that's kind of where they are they just had no margin of error uh they had a talented group of nine guys but uh bruce wants to play 10 to 11 and now playing eight it's just not enough, especially when you kind of consider you, know, you have foul troubles and you're tired at this point of the season. So tough, tough, tough break. Well, it's incredible even that, listen, uh, Auburn lost to Barry University in an exhibition game. And Dantrell Purifoy and Austin Wiley were in the FBI mess. I don't think anybody at that point would even say Auburn was an NCAA tournament team. Let alone now we're talking, yeah, worst case scenario, Auburn falls to a four seed. You know, if someone was talking about that in November, I've been like, you crazy? Really? But that's the position Auburn's in and kind of, listen, you, you you dealt with the, the hand you're dealt, but then if you start winning, the expectations naturally rise. So at this point, Auburn fans expect an SEC title, and it would be, it would be disappointing and should be disappointing if they don't win it Saturday. And I just think in the locker room, I don't think there's any question it'll be disappointing, and I don't think there'll be – I think later, uh, after the season, you can kind of put it into perspective. But right now, in four days, or you know, four days before you have to travel to St. Louis uh, to go to the SEC tournament, I think it's going to be tough to rebound if they can't put something together here on Saturday. Well, no matter what happens Saturday, Auburn will be one of the top two seeds, correct? For the SEC tournament, yeah, they'll, right. they'll, they'll, they'll they, they can't fall below the. They seconds. get the double buy, so their first yeah. game would be on Friday, no matter what happens Saturday. So Friday at noon if they're the first seed. Friday at six o'clock if they're the second seed. So they'll get some rest there. Yes, um, I think what will be the most interesting thing, no matter going beyond this Saturday, is seeing how Auburn plays on Friday uh, of yeah. next week. Is does that rest make a difference for a guy like a Bryce Brown or Jared Harper? If you still see them struggling a little bit, I think that's really going to be a precursor of what to expect in the NCAA tournament, more so than what you see this Saturday. Don't you agree? Yeah, and you hope, uh, you know, it'll be matchup dependent. I mean, there's some bad matchups for Auburn at the bottom of the uh, conference. Yeah. You're talking about Texas A&M. You could easily see Texas A&M, I would think, on that Friday. And that's a team probably Auburn wants to avoid at all costs. Um, So it'll be tough. There's three teams I think Auburn would not want to face. Uh, in the SEC tournament, A and M, Kentucky, and Arkansas. At this point, yeah. I don't know. Is Kentucky is Kentucky outside the top four? So they'd be a possibility too, right? I honestly don't know. 
Uh, That'll probably depend on the finish because everybody was kind of clogged up. There's a lot of clogged up teams with seven losses. I could pull Um, that. But those are the three teams. I think if Auburn faced Florida again on a neutral court, they would probably beat them. Yeah. Um, If they're playing up to what they're capable of playing. But Kentucky at this point, I, I said it even after the Kentucky game, first game at Auburn. Uh, when Anthony McElmore was healthy, I said, you know, this is a Kentucky team that's going to go on a run at some point, even though they had lost four straight. And certainly they're doing that right now. Uh, A&M not playing so well, but, you know, it's just not not a good matchup for Auburn. So I think Kentucky must play tonight. Well, so Kentucky and Arkansas are tied for the four seed, but maybe Arkansas has the tiebreaker because they're ranked ahead. So Arkansas would be the My understanding, based on what I saw an Arkansas beat writer tweet last night, is that uh, uh, Arkansas has got to beat Missouri on the road to be the four seed. Okay, so they'd have to win to to kind of lock that up. So Kentucky would be outside. Yeah, they'd be the five. Right now, Texas A&M is like the 10 seed. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Um, And they're dealing with injuries again. Yeah, so... But their size, they still got those big guys that are, yep. are healthy, so that's the problem for Auburn, really. And that A&M game sticks out more than any other this season because they were, it was just like watching rec league basketball. They were just tossing the ball inside over the heads of everybody Yeah, and so. laying it up. Uh, it was just, it's just not a good matchup for Auburn. No. Not a good matchup. Um, and on a neutral court, that could be one that doesn't necessarily get out of hand, but it was just I, I don't know if Auburn could combat that and, and win. Uh, whereas, I mean – that game at home, Auburn fought back from a big double-digit deficit, but even then, when they were within striking distance, you just knew all A&M had to do was loft it up and get an easy basket to stay within arm's reach. Yeah. Um, so. so, yeah, but that's the SEC tournament, really, the seeding. Uh, there's two – like, there's three teams – one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight teams within two games of each other still with nine and seven, seven and nine. So, seeding seating still very much to be determined here in the last couple of days of the regular season. Yeah, and, and it, all except for really Tennessee and Auburn. They'll be, they'll, they're going to be with the one and two seed no matter what, um, just depending on what happens uh, on Saturday. But uh, I, I would think, with it being a 2.30 game, that place is going to be packed. Auburn Arena It's going to be loud. Um, so Auburn's going to have everything in its favor other than depth. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? Than, other than enough players to win. <laughs> but listen, um, when they hosted Alabama a week ago. It's true. I, I but Alabama not... has uh, sort of uh, collapsed well, on itself. Well, 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 to be much worse. Sh- they didn't have a field goal for like, what, 15 minutes? 14 minutes and 40 yeah. seconds. Not great. Yeah. Um, but I. You know, you know, but go, hindsight that we could say no, that no, now. No, but I'm just, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But going yeah, into yeah. that game, you know, Alabama no. had just beaten Tennessee by 28 at home or whatever, and Alabama's coming in, and Auburn was down to seven players because Mustafa Heron had a stomach virus, and of course no, I Anthony McLemore was out. I, I, I just thought there's no way Auburn wins this game, and then they blew him out. They blew out Alabama, and of course, Al- and then that was the start of Alabama just not playing very well. I mean. Uh, what Florida did to them is uh, Alabama season's over, in my opinion. Yeah, they're well. They're not even an NCAA tournament tournament team at this point. So no, no, I don't think. Uh, so. I think the most I, projections have them in the NIT now. So I think I think uh, 
you know, I don't, I don't even know who their final uh, opponent is this season, but uh, I, I would say they're going to lose unless it's Ole Miss um, at this point. They're just not playing well as a team. Yeah. Um, and and, and then the Auburn game they played, I, that was the number one thing I came away with was that Alabama team does not play as a team. Yeah. They play at Texas A&M Saturday. So. And that's a loss. <laughs> that's uh, a loss. That's a loss. Put the L up. Uh, a little bit of football here before we go. The NFL Combine is going on right now, like interviews and things of that sort. Workouts will be uh, starting, I think, Friday. We're not there, of course, but we'll have coverage. We'll get the particulars and the measurements and see uh, any interviews that show up on uh, YouTube and uh, that are videoed or whatever. Uh, Auburn's got seven players there, I believe, of course. We'll keep an eye on that, see how they perform. I'm very interested to see Carryon Johnson and Cameron Petway and what they do. Carlton Davis as well. And then one guy I think that could potentially be a sleeper if he's not not injured at all would be Trey Matthews, uh, seeing mm-hmm. how he performs in all those, those drills they do. But um, it's interesting. They've kind of changed the setup there this year. Uh, this doesn't really matter to anybody else, but it used to be the media was sitting inside the stadium there in Indianapolis at Lucas uh, Oil, whatever you call that. I don't yeah. remember. I've been there three or four times. I still don't remember. But uh, now uh, all the media stuff is across the street in this convention center, this large convention center. So, like, the players have to go over there to talk. It's very strange. Um, It'll so- be interesting, too. You said you're you're looking for Trey Matthews. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does since he wasn't invited to the combine. So if he shows up and runs some of oh, those Oh, God, what am I thinking? That, that will be very interesting. Trey wasn't first. invited? Why am I thinking he was invited? Because <laughs> that was the surprise. The two Trey's weren't invited. Um, that's, that's right. Daniel I Colton, think. Jeff Holland, Carrion, Petway, Stephen Roberts, and Brady Smith. Stephen so, Roberts. So if Trey Matthews shows up, that will be a surprise. Well, well uh Hey, we will have some fun writing about that. That would be uh, great. John Franklin III is showing up for some other other combine. combine. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's just running the forty anywhere he's invited to. So some company put together some combine of their own in Indianapolis. Yeah, and John Franklin III is going there, and he says he's going to run the fastest forty-yard dash in Indianapolis this week. I don't know who the hell is going to be at this thing, and what type of equipment they'll be using to measure all this. But this, it just sounds so silly. Um, I like John Franklin third. He always treated me right. And I thought, I think he's a smart kid and everything, but he's very much a brand manager and he's very much living off his celebrity as off of last chance. You, um, he's not a guy that's going to make it in the NFL, in my opinion. But more power to them trying to get this all done. But when I saw that, that there's some group putting together their own combine, uh, come on now. Kind of reminds me of the uh, whatever football league they're starting up or whatever in Texas and Johnny yeah. Manziel is going to play in it. I mean, who gives a crap? No one's going to watch that. No, and he's just not – John Franklin's biggest problem and he can't fix it is uh, Holding on his size. Well, that, but his, he's too short. I mean, hey, people that don't hold on to the ball that are 6'3 get a lot of chances. Uh, he ain't 6'3. So. Well, listen, small guys have worked in the NFL before. Just look at Darren Sproyles. But the, Franklin's 
very But you thin. have to have an overwhelming talent, like skill set. Yeah. Whereas if you're 6'3", you can be rougher on the edges. Yeah. Uh, can't be his size and not be able to catch everything that's thrown at you. Is what I'm, my, my, yeah, more, I hear yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely. And he cannot catch everything that's thrown at him. No. Um, and his biggest highlight was dropping the ball before getting in the end zone. That's what he'll play. be remembered for in college is dropping the football and before he crossed the goal line. At floor, playing at Atlanta. seven teams. Yeah. <laughs> Which are not two highlights you want on your resume. Yeah. So um, that's happening. Also, for some reason, I thought Trey Matthews is at the Combine. Uh, <laughs> um, secondly. But it's surprising because Trey and Trey, uh, you would think that they were there. Yeah. I, well, I guess I just assumed I insu- assumed incorrectly. I don't know why I was thinking that. Yeah. Um, well, because they had senior bowl invites, uh, you know, so yeah. I don't think. Yeah, it was surprising, I think. And Trey left the uh, Senior Bowl early, This was, which is why I was talking about injuries. Yeah. Anyway, I, whatever, I'm dumb. I believe Brock uh, Thomas will be there. Will he? Did he get invited? Yeah. Yes, I believe That'll so. That'll be interesting. He's a fast guy. Yeah. Uh, Lightning and Thunder reunited. That's right. Cameron Petway and Rock Thomas. They once thought they were going to be Lightning and Thunder, and then it kind of just turned into... Lightning for Cameron Petway for one season and then blunder for Rock Thomas as he left Auburn early after fumbling the ball in the Iron Bowl in the very first offensive play for Auburn. He did have success at Jacksonville State, but not the same. He did, but just not 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 quite what you expected from a a five-star guy. I think he was, yeah. So not what you expect, but there you go. Combine will be very interesting to watch this season. Auburn's got a lot of guys there. Braden Smith's going to be a workout freak. Yeah, and I like what he's doing with the uh, the autism awareness, where for every bench press, there's a certain amount of money or whatever it's going to. Uh, and know. I think Trey Williams is doing that for when he does it at Pro Day, a uh, different organization, right. but donating it for every bench rep too. So, uh, and that's what you expect. Two, that's really, cool. yeah. two really good kids. You know, you figured they'd do something like that. Um, so that's good for them. And Pro Day, by the way, at Auburn is going to be March 9th. so that's coming up quickly as well. Uh, and speaking of coming up quickly, spring practice at Auburn starts Thursday. Uh, Auburn decided, hey, let's allow the reporters to uh, schedule their lives, because they have lives too, uh, by uh, releasing the schedule for spring practices uh, 24 hours before spring practices begin. Uh, we will be speaking to Gus Mouse on Thursday at 1 p.m., we found out, uh, late Wednesday. Uh, then practice starts at 4 p.m. Practice will be closed to the public, of course. The media will get 15 minutes of stretching and yawning from the players. Well, uh, on those first two days, especially because they're uh, not in pads or shells. I think they're just in uh, shorts. Nice little tight shorts. So that's Whoa, about what? it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I, This well, is the Gene Chizik days. Gene Chizik days, they were like... Uh, you know, football pants that were cut up to the mid-thigh. It was very oh, erotic. <laughs> um, some John Stockton shorts. Uh, well, that's what we wear to practice, to watch. Um, yes, the media wears John yes. Stockton shorts, yes. yes. Uh, so that's going to be – we'll have some pictures so you can kind of see all the fun. Yeah, you see them stretch. Yep. And uh, you see Jared Stims heading off the side. Oh yeah, that's right. He'll be in a. Will he be in a sling? So that's the question. Will he be in a sling? My guess is yes. Gus, Sharon only has one arm now. Do you think that's going to be a problem? No, no. That's it'll be all right. Yeah. So we'll speak to Gus Malzahn, who uh, 
blew us off in Atlanta last week. Um, traveled all the way to Atlanta, stood in the same room as him, and then... Uh, and yeah, sources say he didn't even tell you directly. No, he had some flacky... No, I shouldn't say flacky, because the guy with the... The guy uh, was doing his job, yeah. Well, that and, and uh, the guy for the uh, the Coaches Association there in Georgia is very nice and is very, very good at what he does, because he helped uh, organize that huge camp they had, that satellite camp they had over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a year ago and did a fabulous job from what I've told. And Gus went over and told him after Gus stood in a room with us for 45 minutes and then went and spoke to the coaches. And then after that, decided to tell that guy, Hey, tell the media that I've been dragging along that I'm not talking tonight. So wasted four hours of my life. And at this point in my life, time is more valuable than anything else. And Gus wasted my freaking time. Um, and uh, Auburn did a horrible job of communicating whether he was going to speak. In fact, 18 minutes after I arrived and, fa- and 18 minutes after Gus Malzahn arrived there in Atlanta, I got a text message from Auburn saying, hey, Gus may not speak tonight. Still, <laughs> still not a definitive answer, so I had to stand around and wait until another hour and a half later to hear, hey, Gus has to get to Auburn, get back home to Auburn quickly. Which, by the way, um, I left that facility before Gus Malzahn did and got home before he did. So he wasn't in that much of a rush. And for listeners that say, oh, you know, he's complaining, whatever, and Pupe cares, two things. Uh, if they had just told you he wasn't speaking, you would have had no issue with it. It's not no, that he zero. didn't speak. It's that uh, they, 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 it's the, it's the, they could have just avoided this by saying, look, he's not going to speak in Atlanta. Don't go. Uh, and you would have had no problem and no complaints. Zero That's complaints. his choice. His choice. Um, and uh, the second thing would be, at least do it by yourself and say, I mean, come on, $49 million can't buy a little... little no, at this speak. point, he doesn't speak for himself anymore. That's that's terrible. That's really terrible. But it's terrible because it's just a lack of communication on Auburn's end, and maybe some people there need to do their freaking jobs. And That's uh, true, but and, uh, but it could be him, too. He could have just said, I'm not going to say anything until you get there and make him drive, so you never know. Whatever. I don't care. Rough, rough Certain though. people are going to hear my uh, peace of mind uh, Thursday. Ooh. Um, because they think it's a joke. By the way, I thought it was funny. They're like, "Ha ha, you you went there. That's funny." Oh well, life goes on. Listen, it's not funny. That's not funny when it's not your life. That's <laughs> not. Listen, um, I love my job, but I don't like being told he may or may not talk. You just gotta show up and figure it out. But you weren't doing your job. You were prevented from doing your job by driving four hours to go do nothing. Yeah, and I did not charge the company mileage. I spent my own damn money to go. Right. Did you get anything out of the coaches' conference, though? Did you get any plays that you could run this season? No, no. Uh, Though Dan Mullen was standing in the same room as me with, like, five other people, he and I did not look at each other. Oh, you you and Dan are not on speaking terms? No, I mean, I don't know what the heck happened there. Um. For those who don't know, I covered Dan Mullen at Mississippi State. He's now he's a Florida. He was he's still the same old self, just going, yeah, hmm, yeah. Let's take a picture, yeah, yeah. Whoa. Um, but uh, a lot of coaches there. Uh, PJ Fleck, 
Did you row the boat with PJ Fly? Well, he was there and they were the coaches were speaking in the room adjacent to us and they were piping in the sound into the media room. They had a whole media room set up for us, by the way. Oh wow. This tells you how organized this guy is at directs all this he had a media room had a backdrop had tables work tables there for us food it's fantastic guy did a great job um so anyway um pj fleck was there speaking in the other room and it was being piped in and that guy yells a lot all he did was yell and uh some of it was not just nonsensical bs which is a lot of coach speak anyway but none of it made sense to me he was talking about how Coming into a new program is like when you have 85 players, it's like all 85 of those players, let's act like they're sick. This it's, this is it made no sense. Let's act like they're all 60-year-old CEOs with a lot of experience and you could trust them. But then you come in and you realize, oh, we're going to fire all those 60-year-old CEOs and hire a bunch of 18-year-old CEOs and you have to depend on them to make your comp- those companies great with all these different ideas. But then as a coach, you have to make sure all those CEOs come together and, and do their own thing, which makes no sense because CEOs don't work together, especially 85 of them. Um, but it was things like that that were said in that room. And he said it very loudly. Um, he also reminded the coaches to row the boat, um, said that uh, you could easily catch a flight from Atlanta to Minnesota and uh, be on their campus quickly. Um, and then uh, he came into the media room, took some pictures with some of the coaches, uh, was dressed nicely, kind of had that whole, you know, uh, younger guy, single guy, get up, you know, sports coat, no tie, uh, in shape, you know, tight clothing, you know, that type mm-hmm. of look going on, um, you know. He'll be there four years. And then he'll be fired. And then he'll fire, not, hot, not hired out bigger No, he'll, he'll probably get fired. It's Minnesota. No. But anyway, I, the thing I learned is that I don't think I could sit through one of those coaches' conferences just from listening to P.J. Fleck. Not all coaches are like him, but, man, what I heard in there, listen, when you're 18, you will run through a wall for some people. Then when you get older, you start hearing this stuff and you start seeing through it. What I was hearing from PJ Fleck did not get me pumped up because none of what he said made sense. Yeah. It was a bunch of nonsense. But hey, the media loves him for some damn reason. Did you talk to the media afterwards, though? Uh, We could have, but I didn't. (laughs) Well, you could have asked him for some clarification when you said this. You know, what did did you. Yeah, people at AuburnUndercover.com would have cared about that. Uh, Just for your own own edification. No, I don't care. I didn't say for uh, there were two reporters there. We're both Auburn reporters, and we did not care. Um, speaking of communication, uh, a certain coach in this state that's won national championships was scheduled to be there the day after Gus Malzahn, and their communication staff communicated to the Alabama beat writers well beforehand that he would not speak to the media there. So they did not waste their time driving to Atlanta. <laughs> in fact, they were given two days' notice that he would not speak. Nice. I see what you did there. um, Just, you know, just saying. Ask the head coach, hey, do you want to talk at this thing in the media or not? Yes or no? I need an answer. 
He's not gonna, he's not gonna punch you. He's not gonna he's not gonna slap you. Just ask. Help 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 us. And you wonder why reporters get more cynical and cynical? It's cause it's because of BS like this. Wasting our time. But Gus has a but Gus is building a lake house, so Yeah. That's, He's very that's busy. Important. That's very important. Busy. Maybe he's starting his foundation. Yeah, at some point maybe he'll uh, have a foundation to start with his uh, son-in-law. Yeah. Or son-in-law, excuse me, brother-in-law. That, you know, was a, supposed to be a thing a year ago when he resigned. <laughs> you know, resigned to run that yep. nonprofit that doesn't really exist. All right, everybody. Yay. Any questions? Oh, let's do that. <laughs> let's see if there are any questions. I'm guessing probably not. It's amazing how little people care right now. Everybody's just complaining. Uh, all right. I got two questions. What a time to be alive. Jared, uh, is, this is an interesting Twitter name, at no unbelief. Ask, did Searle Charles jinx the basketball team by calling this the best season in school history last week? No, there are no such things as jinxes. Well, if they lose on Saturday, I mean, somebody could say that he did. There's no such thing as a jinx. You can't say it's not a jinx. Yeah, you can, because jinxes do not exist. But if they lose and they lost out after he said it was the greatest season... Maybe it was a jinx. Well, then he can come back and say it wasn't the greatest season. Yeah, he'd have to change his opinion. Hopefully he'll he'll uh, speak to that on one of his many television shows. Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, he also clarified his statements by saying, this team's really thin and I don't know how they're going to do the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I did say that. I mean, he, he said they just don't have bodies. Um. So no, I don't think he jinxed it. I think he was caught up in the moment. Auburn just beat the hell out of Alabama. Was one win away with three games remaining. Seemed pretty much a layup for Auburn to win the SEC at that time, and it may still be with the regular season finale against South Carolina. Possible. Um. Blake Talley asks, "What is the worst matchup for Auburn in the SEC tournament, and do you think they could win the SEC tournament?" Uh, I think the worst matchup would be uh, Kentucky for them. And I think Kentucky's going to win the SEC tournament. Mm, strong words. I, I think we've talked about I, – I think first round Friday is your, what you're looking at right now, and I think uh, Texas A&M would be their, their worst matchup. Um, I don't think Kentucky will fall low enough for them to get them, but uh, Kentucky wouldn't be great either. Um, I don't think they match up well against Kentucky. They don't match up well against Texas A&M. But, um, and then, you know, you're looking at the later rounds, you're talking about Tennessee and Arkansas, two teams that I think Auburn would uh, struggle with as well. Yeah. But first day, which is what you're looking at, Texas A&M I wouldn't want to see. No, that would not be a good matchup. But a lot will be told uh, about this Auburn team based off how they perform on that first day in the SEC tournament how arrested they are, how well they play together as a team uh, after their first extended break of the season. So yeah. we shall see. 
Thanks for listening to the Auburn Undercover Podcast presented by WeHaveDonuts.com, D-O-U-G-H, Nuts.com. Proud sponsor of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Make sure to go to AuburnUndercover.com for full coverage. Go try out our seven-day free trial, Auburn.247Sports.com. Check us out on social media, all them social medias, at Auburn247Sports. Check us out on Facebook, Auburn Tigers on 247Sports, where we do plenty of Facebook Live uh, activities, including press conferences and Q&A sessions with Mike, myself, and Mary-Kate. So check all of that out. He's Mike Nislick. Anything else, Mike? No. Great. Saturday, 2.30 p.m., Auburn versus South Carolina. It's for the SEC title. Big game for Auburn. Uh, biggest basketball game for Auburn in 18 years. Mm-hmm. So, be interesting to watch. We'll see you down the road. Thank <laughs> you.